And so again, I want to emphasize, I think, uh, I believe we, we really can uh, partner to work together on that. And I think that's about all I have, unless there's a specific question or anything for me on this. Yes. Mike, um, the, um, those areas that are outside the dotted line mm -hmm. are actually not really for the public. Those are just wildlife areas. The people can't use that. So what I'm concerned about, I guess, is that that whole area that's the W um, waterfront commercial, is that yeah. what's kind of over on the right where you're thinking of putting an RV park? Well, I want to be really clear about that. We don't have we we looked at an idea for an RV park that came from staff, but the board has made no position about that as a potential use. There, there, there is consideration of and discussion of visitor services, which may include transient occupancy of some kind. We don't know what that may be. It's a consideration that we'd like to work with the with the committee to discuss, but we haven't. We haven't, as a board, put that forward in terms of promoting it. No, no, we've never voted on it. We've never, you know, the the board's not in favor or not in favor of that. But what it brought up was, oh man, our current zoning and current land use designation is really outdated, and so that's really what precipitated this discussion and and it, and the opportunity within the general plan update to address that. And so that's why this is here, but it's not. Um, it's not so cast, you, yeah. not, not cast in concrete. No, but definitely. So, but that area, which is largely used, it's used for like the bikes by the bay and all sorts of different groups. Uh, people come out there and do things with, um, I don't know. Um, but there's cars and there's other things. things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, engines and you know stuff like that. Yeah. So <laughs> that area is being used by the public now as a park. You know, not exactly like Sequoia Park, but as a park, is that the area that you want to take up with new commercial development? That so whole area. Some, some areas. Well, again, it would be part of the planning process, but for surely, we're in the process of also looking for revenue generating sources on the island. Right, part of that business unit, which supports the current marina activities. It supports those things, and we want to get at least to be uh, revenue neutral on the island as opposed to negative and hopefully even positive that would be even even better but really we want to be able to support those other things that we see there those public uses and the marina itself with additional revenues and we see this you know these types of activities being able to to create that but you're not going to get rid of all of the open space that's there now that's actually being used by the public. Well, I'm not doing the planning of that or at this, that, at this the time. The idea isn't to do that. The idea is not to, to do that. To fill that up with. Yeah, well, we, the other thing is, is every use out there will require parking. It's a requirement of, of the city to do that. So we will have to have parking lots. And so if, if parking lots are what are being used for certain things, then certainly they'll be there. Yeah, they're currently being used by those people. So, okay, thanks. Mm -hmm. Any other questions? Thanks, Mike. All right. I hope for. I look forward to working together. Good afternoon, um, Ken Bates, Humboldt Fishermen's Marketing Association, and uh, we have put in the alternate proposal. We've asked basically the city to go ahead and keep things the way that they are on Woodley Island. 
And I'd like to start, before I go into the, the things that we've asked for, I'd like to give you guys just a little bit of history. Um, in the early 70s, the city went ahead and sued the Tidelands owners on the city side of Eureka and recaptured the Tidelands. And what they did is that they were in the process of an economic development plan, essentially a failed plan at the time, but they didn't realize that that was going to happen. And they recaptured the, the Tidelands on the city's inner reach. And one of the things that they wanted to do was they wanted to remove the fishing fleet from the Eureka waterfront so that they could do other kinds of non-water dependent development. And so the only place that they could find after six or seven different locations that they looked at was Woodley Island. And Woodley Island was designed as the first, the first public facilities marina just specifically to relocate a commercial fishing fleet. It was the first time that happened in California. Um, the original design for Woodley Island Marina when the Harbor District started it was that the, the upland footprint was twice as big as you see it now. And it eventually got buried, bo boiled down to about 13 acres. It was very, very confidential. I mean, excuse me, uh, controversial you know, as far as, as the footprint in, in the upland area and the amount of um, um, development that the Harbor District had initially proposed. Um, they struggled to get the thing through the Coastal Commission permit process and eventually ended up with what we have today. That being said, if you look at the Eureka waterfront right now, there's not a single commercial fishing boat tied anywhere on the Eureka side. You know? And the community at the time decided that the best thing to do was to build this facility and relocate the fishing fleet. The city of Eureka, Humboldt Fishermen's Marketing Association, Pacific Fisheries Management Council people, and also um, the people from uh, the Coastal Commission all worked to make very, very stringent rules and, and set up basically a long-term um, a long-term kind of guarantee that the fishing fleet was going to have this opportunity to be there and operate. Um, we've asked that there be no changes in on that area as far as land use and zoning. In fact, we would like more restrictive land use and zoning. And because I am here representing this, I'm going to continue to speak if that's okay. Um, one of the things that I would also ask you to consider is that you recently, as the city council, went ahead and uh, revised waterfront commercial zoning um, activities through a recent council meeting, in a recent council meeting, which will allow people in downtown and Old Town um, an easier opportunity to go ahead and to do projects in those areas. And if you look at your downtown and Old Town areas, um, they are basically, you know, you have a Main Street program to try to, to booster you know the businesses down there and those both of those downtown and old town businesses and all those properties have been under kind of long-term economic stress one of the things that you're going to open up is when you allow development on Woodley Island that's not that's not related to the fishing fleet you're going to allow those businesses to compete with your downtown and old town areas and that's been something that's come up at Coastal Commission meetings when the uh, Harbor Commission and, and some people from the city had a, considered a three-story hotel on Woodley Island. That was voted down unanimously in part because of the fact that it was going to compete with the struggling downtown and old town businesses. Um, as far as the fishing fleet is concerned, 
there's nowhere else to go. But we're not going to suddenly, there's not going to suddenly be new docks on the Eureka side or King Salmon's not going to open up. The boats are not going to be able to go there. So as it gets tougher and tougher to work over there, those boats will move. And Crescent City has put in new docks, so there's an area to go there. Some of the boats that have been here, you know, over time have moved to Newport, Oregon and places like that. But basically, um, the Harbor District is asking for, if you looked at the, the letter that they originally sent, they're asking to be able to put in some you know, other visitors serving things, but they're also listed a bunch of marine uses. The marine uses that, that is in the Harbor District's original letter uh, on April, I think, 9th, are already permitted there. They can do that. They can put in a second restaurant. They can put in boat storage. Um, th those activities are permitted. If you go ahead and allow the zoning to be changed over there, what you're going to get is you're going to get a wide, much wider variety of activities. And you need to really think about, is that really what, what the community wants for that island? Um, once you build on it, it's gone. You're not going to get the open space back. You're not going to get the grass back. People aren't going to come over there and paint. They're not going to come over and have their car shows. That stuff is all done. You know, as it is right now, Woodley Island and Woodley Island Marina is an area that anybody can come over and walk around and be safe. You know, it's a nice place. And as far as the fishing fleet is concerned, this was a facility that this community, this community right here, decided years and years ago in 1974 to make as a dedicated facility for the commercial fishing fleet for Eureka. Um, the city has received letters from all up and down the coast from fishermen's associations and individual fishermen asking you not to change this facility. And we would continue to ask you to do the same. The Harbor District, on the other hand, has lots and lots of properties around the bay that has for potential commercial use. The fishing fleet doesn't have any properties around the bay for commercial use. Um, Rob's, Rob's point about, you know, the nearness or closeness of, you know, other kinds of activities within the fishing fleet is a good point. And I, will, and I will just mention that recently, back in September, when the squid fleet was here, when the squid trucks were parked on the north side, the north side of, of C Street, um, people complained about the noise from the refrigeration units operating. Those people had a completely legitimate complaint they were well within their rights and their bounds to complain about that noise. Had those trucks been parked over on the south side of C Street, in the area that's appropriately zoned for the fishing fleet, the fishing fleet was protected there. Every time in any port that you look up and down the coast, every time the zoning gets changed, every time a motel gets built, every time some sort of shops go in, fishermen end up getting displaced. We're at the point now where there's very few places left to go. You have to decide, the, 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 the city council, the city of Eureka is in the fish business. You may not know it, but you are in the fish business. You've spent five to eight million dollars building Fisherman's Terminal. You built a new ice plant. You've got the EDA fish plant at the further commercial street that you've been running since the early 70s. You need to decide if you want to have a fishing fleet here or not. The Harbor District, when they, when they first applied for the permits, you know, had to jump through a stack of hoops to get that facility built, and it was very restrictive. And it was restrictive because the Coastal Commission, the Coastal Commission, which is the state, knew that if it wasn't restrictive, there'd be no fleet there in 10 years. 
So we're asking you, Humboldt Fishermen's Marketing Association and Coastwide Fishermen's Associations up and down the coast are asking you to leave it the way that it is. So thank you. Hello, I'm Susan Penn and I think if anything I would change the zoning or land use to being slightly more restrictive. I did attend the public meeting at the Warfinger and noticed that almost all of the little dots were put either on public space or on parks. That is what most people use who do not have boats use the marina for. Um, as a single woman, I will tell you, I meet numerous women who go out there specifically because they feel safe walking there. Um, when you talk about opportunities, I think this is one of the huge opportunities that Woodley currently provides. And part of this, um, okay, we're talking obviously about a small area, but in reality, when you're on the island, you cannot see anything beyond just the fence borderline of that wildlife area. What you're seeing is the landscaped area where they want to make more development. There are some already permitted um, uses and conditional uses, including another restaurant. In fact, they're working on that now. But expanding that to me would just really take away one of the treasures of the community. Um, as far as finances, I know that they did take away um, fishermen storage, kept a smaller portion of it, moved the fishermen, some of them over to Samoa. So they've now taken money out of the Woodley Island pot and put it in the General Harbor pot. So this is not solving the problem of making Woodley Island economically sufficient. Um, yes, we do have groups come and use the island, which I think is a splendid use for it. I don't know what they are charged for that, but there's definitely some revenue to be made from that, probably not a huge amount. But, you know, if anything, I would encourage, like I said, it to be made into at least a portion of it into truly a park area rather than further development in the areas that people now think of as a safe, friendly, warm, sunny place. And people love coming down and looking at the boats. Um, the city marina is less hospitable in general and people do like to look at boats. Um, there are lots and lots of families and people from out of the area that come and spend time there. Oftentimes they will eat at the restaurant so, um, yeah, I encourage you to really think about what this offers the public as well as what it offers the Harbor District. Hi, I'm Marcia Jordan. And a lot of you know me and some of you don't, but my husband operates and runs an annual car show on this island. And I wanna thank Marion for bringing that up, that it is used for a lot of recreational use. And this is 
going to probably be that about the sixth year that he's doing this. And they have about 40 cars who show up, and that's what we've been doing about annually. Um, we donate all of the net proceeds we've given to the library, to the Red Cross, to the Senior Resource Center, and also to the food bank. And I'm not quite sure in looking at this map how much of it is actually maybe being taken away from these organizations that use that front park space. There's grassland and there's also a parking area. And I'm wondering if there's a way to leave part of this zoned for personal and public use rather than changing the whole thing as an overall. Thank you. Any other public comment on this item? Uh, briefly. <laughs> I just wanted to point out that one of the things we're, sorry, I'll leave. One of the things on our agenda tonight is uh, the discussion of a right to fish ordinance. And so we're talking about having that cover all of our properties and especially focusing on Woodley Island where um, we would have an ordinance that would basically inform uh, future decision makers and lessees and lessors about the um, uh, right to fish, meaning that the activities associated with the fishing fleet are primary over the other activities and so they couldn't push out those other things. But the other point I want to get back to, which is why PQP really needs an update, is because uses like car shows and liveaboards aren't addressed in PQP now. And so even those uses aren't specifically um, called out for in that. And so there really is a need for an update and there is a need for us to work together to work on that language. So, all right, thank you. Any other public comment? Okay, uh, take it back to the board and the commission. Uh, is there discussion on this item? I'd just like to be clear of what is expected us as tonight. Are we voting on this? Are we, is this, what are we supposed to be doing at this point? I, my, my sense is that, that we're supposed to be talking about it and then they want to, our consultants want to get an idea of what we think so that they can go forward and not go forward with an idea of either uh, expanding the uh, commercial zoning, changing to a specialized, I mean specialized land use what what we want to have happen on Woodley Island and a number of other things, but right now we're talking about Woodley Island. So do people have ideas of where we should be going with the general plan update on this? If I can add something hopefully it's helpful. It's my understanding that you can't vote, but we're looking for feedback direction um, on how to proceed, looking for general consensus. Natalie? So given the, all of the different restrictions for coastal development in the coastal development permit process, in addition to any other guidance that the city of Eureka would provide in working on any development, um, I, I guess I'm not understanding what the worst case scenario is here. I guess the worst case scenario is that um, fishing facilities are more and more limited. 
um, by potential development. But I guess I'm not, I, I'm not, uh, the current conditions are such that, you know, you go there and most of the island is fenced off because it's a natural resource area. Um, and you walk around, and I, I walk there. I, I love walking up and down the, the docks and, you know, the waterfront little kind of promenade thing and even on the road and in the parking lot. But it's really, um, you know, I, I guess I don't see very much of, uh, of that going away. I hear that, you know, comment about needing to retain parking for any additional restaurants or hotels or uh, visitor center or anything along those lines that could feasibly be built there. So I, I guess I'm just, uh, you know, and, and given that there are uh, site restrictions on not, you know, uh, impeding views and things like that, I guess I, I'm not seeing uh, massive scale development even being a potential there given, given that so much of it is already built out. Uh, so in my view, you know, this is something I'd like to see us proceed with cautiously and consider some, uh, you know, I'd like to hear what your thoughts are on how we can make a special zoning area and what kind of conditions we can apply to that. Sure. Um, I think it's important to emphasize your point that it's a pretty small area we're talking about. So, um, you know, a couple of buildings, maximum of what they're going to be able to, to do there. Um, also respecting property rights. You know, if you, if you respect property rights, then the property owner decide whether they want, um, or right now according to zoning, they could put a restaurant where the car show is and no one could really stop them. It's principally permitted to have to go through a coastal development permit process and CEQA for a project, but there's nothing protecting that park right now anyway. And mm -hmm. so when a property owner owns property and they allow it for one use, there's no guarantee that I can think of that makes it a car show park forever. Um, so as staff, we would work with interested stakeholders to come up with a list of allowed uses. It's going to be a specialized zoning district that doesn't exist anywhere else in the city. And so um, looking at what uses um, could fit realistically in the area and um, a couple of small shops, retail, um, RV, we'd work with uh, stakeholders over the next couple of months to come up with uses. And it sounds like there will be another time when we say yay or nay to the the plan that for that specific zoning ultimately area. you'll be able to approve the general plan um, I want to caution you to not go down the path of the county and um, get to that point where it's time to approve the general plan and then start going into page 17 subparagraph 3 and start an uh, analyzing individual sentences because we will go over budget and over schedule and right now we're on budget and on schedule we're fighting really hard to stay that way so um, we have to find the balance between um, getting direction from you now and you trusting your professional staff to make the decisions that you're giving us direction for and you know getting into the details at the end. So now is an important time to give us direction whether you want us to go down this path or not. Well it sounds like we don't know yet what the outcome of the right to fish ordinance would be but if that is... In the next hour or two... <laughs> we'll we will be, know. You know. Darn. Maybe by the end of this meeting. No. Uh, you know I'm, I'm pleased to hear that the, the Harbor District's pursuing that and you know I also want to see those fishing you know fishing fleet areas protected um, but I, I guess I'm not I'm not seeing the uh, I'm not seeing a, an abominable impact from this proposal, so I could support this uh, this proposal. It's important to emphasize too that the zoning district isn't changing completely. It's just a small piece in the center, so it's 
kind of the whole of the donut that would change, not the boat area or you know, significant portions. Could you be clear about what is the area that's proposed to change and what isn't supposed to change? If I can step away from the microphone, I'll show you. So it's the upland area, all of it, that is not designated natural resources or something. That's correct. So just to be clear, in looking at these changes, we will have some control, if you will, over uh, what will and will not be acceptable in that area. So like if they want to build a, you know, 15 or five-story hotel, I mean, we're going to have, or looking at the RV park or looking at whether we want retailer offices, we're going to have some input on that. They're just not going to, we're not Correct. just going to yes. go out. Yeah. Any project of that nature would trigger CEQA and a coastal development permit process um, could potentially even be conditionally permitted, there would be a number of controls that the city would have over a project like that. Okay. Well, then I could support it also. I'd like to see the specialized land use area, and I'd like to see the fish, the PQP or whatever go all the way down uh, that whole uh, bayside section so we make sure that they don't get nudged out. Is the PQP, when it says public, and um, quasi-public. Public is, it's, it's any use, like it's like the park use, that kind of thing, right? So that's not what Mike said, was that that's not really specifically addressed in PQP. And I'm just reading public, quasi-public, so it seems to me that's pretty public. PQP is the land use designation, the zoning is PFM, um, technical details. Uh, PQP and P, which is the zoning district that overlays with PQP, so you've got P and PQP, pretty restrictive actually. Um, so you're trying to take away PQP and make it waterfront commercial for the whole thing? No. Is that the bottom line? No. No? no. What is the bottom line? bottom line is that there'd be, most of it would retain the way it is and some of it would change to a commercial use. So most of it would stay PQP? I don't know what most or not most is. I mean, I don't have percentages for you, but yes. Well, the upland area that we were just discussing. Just wondering about that. Yeah, yeah. That's my understanding is that public would, would retain basically along the marina and those key facilities that currently exist along the arena, the marina, I mean. Um, the thing I would add uh, that Rob hasn't mentioned is that when we create a customized land use uh, district or a customized zoning district, there's a lot we can put into that. So not only will we identify what uses are permitted some of those will be permitted by right. Some of those might require a conditional use permit, which means they would have to come back to you to say, okay, we think that use is all right. Uh, we can put standards in there about how far certain things need to be set back from certain activities. We can put height restrictions. 
Uh, we can put a special review process so that any project that goes out there goes through some sort of a, a special review. We can put performance standards in there that basically say certain things about what needs to occur, like certain findings that you need to, that the applicant needs to show that this development is not in any way going to be incompatible with the fishing industry or that there's certain noise regulations that it will ensure internal noise standards that are below certain levels. There's all sorts of ways we, we can structure it. So I think uh, as uh, Robin mentioned earlier, what we need to know is, is there enough comfort for us to move forward with that or do you want to leave it the way it is? And if there's enough comfort, then we can start working through some of those things with uh, the Harbor District as well as with the other interested parties. The fishermen, right? So we're not talking tonight about what those restrictions are, right? For the no, that's kind of the next level. Before we, we get into that level, we want to make sure we don't want to be heading this way and find out that was something you guys weren't interested in all in doing. Hi, I'm Rich James uh, on the Planning Commission. I, I uh, my feeling is I want to leave it the way it is now. Gotcha. Uh, I'm not really sensing a consensus here at all, but I am sensing that uh, if we do leave it as is, uh, the consultants would save a lot of time and money uh, regarding the general plan update. Is that correct? Well, it would be one less area that we would have to look at, um, but we are looking at several areas. So, you know, it's it's an incremental element we have built into our budget that we would be doing some of this work. So, uh, it's not an addition to the work we've already scoped. I, I like that line of thinking, though. It, you could think of it as an investment. Any amount of uh, effort we put into this that could lead to a commercial facility on the island would generate sales tax, and so sometimes you have to spend a little bit of money to make money, and so. I don't see it as a major savings one way or the other. Could somebody build under the current zoning, could um, somebody get a conditional use permit and build another office or hotel or whatever? Um, just to clarify, there is no somebody. The Harbor District owns all of it, so we're just talking about the Harbor District. Okay, could the Harbor District? build something with a conditional use permit mm, there are some conditionally allowed there are no conditionally allowed uses yeah there's only they can only allow one more restaurant on the islands and there's only very small limited number of things that they're allowed to do okay so i guess what i'm really driving at is by changing the zone designation would that give them more flexibility or could they do the same thing by applying for a conditional use permit no, currently they cannot apply for a conditional use permit for any new uses. They're pre-restricted. They're built out according to what the zoning currently allows for, except they could do one more restaurant. And after that, they wouldn't be able to do practically anything else. Well, my, my initial thought is I like it the way it is. We have a lot of land on the Eureka side that needs developing, and I think it's important that... Uh, we protect the small fishing fleet we have left. I have a clarifying question. We're we're talking about the general plan land use designation correct. in this session, correct? Correct. Okay. So zoning is something that will be determined in a separate process? Yes, it follows, yes. Follows this. Okay. Just to I just wanted to make sure I was clear. Thank you. Okay, anybody else?
Oh, yeah. Okay, so we're talking about a customized zoning district, but now we're not talking about zoning. Customized land use designation area. Land use. I, you, you're using zoning and land use almost interchangeably. You would have to come up with a customized zoning district eventually. But right now it's a customized land use, which is still PC. Uh, PQP currently. PQP when adding that area that's got the WFC. It, or is that currently the way it is? This is, is this the proposed? this is the Harbor District's proposed, yeah. And so it looks like the whole thing now is WFC. That's what they're doing. They're proposing. Yeah. Am I not? I'm seeing PCP down in the boats, and that's it. Is that correct? It would be here. There's a chunk here um, and there. I, I wish the map was a little more. Yeah, it would be bigger. It would be greater. So we can we can connect a, the other little chunk there uh, to the west. Yes, we can customize these lines however we want. Because that would be that would keep the fishermen in in the works there quite well. I, say that again, Linda. There's a little cut out there in the middle of everything, and you got the the the. Fisherman's district, for for lack of a better <laughs> better term, there. Yes. That's the part I'm saying. Maybe we should add to. That's the parking the fisherman's lot. Fisherman's part. Yeah. Right. Right. It, that we should add to the fisherman's part, so that that could be developed just for the fishermen in in keep keep the now the land use designation that's there currently, and then just the other little uh, shoehorn to the right and around to the left would be the new. Uh, land use designation. So you're sort of saying, Linda's okay? Talk? No. So, so you're sort of saying that from where the uh, laundromat is over to the riparian area or whatever it is, that area will be the new waterfront commercial with all sorts of new plans, whatever they can do for the Harbor District to create more businesses over there. So they could create fish market, they could create a hotel, they could create a RV park, and they can create another restaurant, which they already can create the restaurant in. Apparently that is in the works. It sounds like somebody just said, so I'm not sure if that's forward true. yet as a permit application. So if what Linda was saying is true, by saying we, uh, we want to go ahead with a special zone or land use, special land use district, that we can call that whatever we want later? Yes. Yep. So it doesn't have to be anything, it doesn't have to be waterfront commercial. Correct. In fact, we would recommend that it's not waterfront commercial, probably something customized. Definitely so, something customized. So the area that backs up against the at the top, um, which I guess would be the east side, 
um, that area that backs up against the top there, which right now is sort of open field. It's where the Native Americans have had some of their – no, over to the left there. That whole area right now is open space, but it's – isn't it sort of protected? Isn't this, it's where the Native Americans have been holding their um, ceremonies. But is it kind of open space? That area is open space? Undeveloped. Undeveloped open space. Yeah. I'm trying to visualize it in my head where I've seen the ceremonies take place, where they go off past the memorial. I honestly don't know where that ceremony takes place, but I, it is undeveloped greenfield currently. Yeah, and that area is now going to would be then open to doing whatever the Harbor District wanted to build there. Correct. If we change this, okay. Correct. Well, then I would not support this. Thanks. So we've got three, it seems, and looking, seeking general consensus, four and three, four, keeping it the same. So it's down to you guys. <laughs> Should have gone first, right? <laughs> well, <clears throat> my number one priority in that area would be to serve the space for the fishermen and make sure there's no uh, pressure to take space away from them. Um, but otherwise, as far as making um, any changes, I would um, want you to assure that that's done, but otherwise I would be in favor of it. Joe? I, I think there's a lot of other stuff that uh, needs uh, addressing here by the general plan and uh, uh, so I would say let's just kind of leave this one uh, the way it is maybe modernize it uh, as uh, uh, Commissioner uh, Wilson mentioned to uh, allow uh, um, uh, car shows and things like that but uh, I wouldn't uh, spend too much time actually uh, uh, or money uh, developing a plan for it so that's an unfortunate four to four so I'll have to uh, regroup and figure out what to, where to go from here so I will come back to you at some point. So let's move on to the next area. Can I add a comment? Go ahead. It seems like if we had more information about that, I think it was a little misleading to see Waterfront Commercial on there because we're all thinking about what that means. So if we had more information about what the special restrictions might be, that might be helpful for next time. Thank okay. you. All right, uh, let's go to some place that might be a little bit easier. Um, the waterfront area, and actually we have three separate uh, areas that we've kind of grouped together here, just calling them the waterfront. Uh, the first is uh, Halverson Park and the area east of the Samoa Bridge, uh, which you can see is labeled up there. Hey, there we go, right in that area. That's about 65 acres. Currently it uh, contains mostly open space and recreational land. We have the uh, County of Humboldt Corporation Yard, which is right in that location, which is developed with the county's corporation yard, some buildings and, and some parking areas and so forth. And then we have a, a smaller area that we're calling the waterfront area, which is right in that location. And that's the area along the waterfront between about C and F. And there's a couple buildings out there. Some of them are vacant, and there's some vacant property there. Um, when we went and talked to the community uh, through the community workshops and the uh, the virtual town halls, those folks that participated generally felt that for the Halverson Park area, that park and recreation and open space type uses continued to make the most sense. 
Uh, for the corporation yard, uh, there was a consensus that it, it seemed to make sense that a corporation yard probably wasn't the highest and best use to have down in the old town along the waterfront and that the city may want to look at working with the county to relocate the corporation yard and that that location could be a good opportunity to integrate uh, medium density or high density residential into the old town area. And then for the waterfront area, that C through E area, there was a lot of discussion about commercial and maybe some parks or some public space in that location. So basically in talking with staff, really um, for the Halverson Park area and for the waterfront area, really there doesn't seem to be a change of land use there. It really looks like it just needs to flush out a little bit more what the concept might be for those areas. Um, city staff has been working on some ideas for Halverson Park and I'll have Rob talk about some of that in just a second. And I think you may also be aware that there is going to be a charrette coming up, I believe, in July for the, the waterfront area. So those, those activities are current. Uh, for the county corporation yard, that is one where there probably would be a change, and the recommendation there is to work with the county to see if we can relocate that, that yard and really extend either residential or th the pattern we already have set in the downtown Old Town area into that location. So with that, I'll have Rob talk just a little bit about uh, Halverson Park and, and uh, some of the other areas. Thanks, Dan. So looking at the waterfront, um, I, I'll just do a spoiler alert. Our conclusion is that we don't need to change any of the land use designations. They all are good for the opportunities that we have in these areas. So we've got the C to F waterfront uh, area. We will be coming to you Tuesday night with a recommendation for a consultant to do a design charrette for that area. It's got the perfect zoning. We don't want to change that and perfect land use designation. So we want to keep that one the way it is. You've got the uh, GNR metal site uh, zoned in land use designation the same way as the, the previous site. It's really good the way it is. We don't want to change that. Um, if we want to have any opportunities in either one of these places, we couldn't come up with a better land use designation than what's already there. Then the county courtyard is a bit of a tricky one. So here you've got uh, the Adorni Center and the HSU Aquatic Center. Uh, this is Cato Fisheries. The county courtyard is here. And if you ever are driving down this really beautiful First Street and it's a chicane, you're kind of weaving back and forth, all of a sudden on your left you see giant barbed wire. Um, it's an unattractive um, nuisance, in my opinion, right in the middle of a really beautiful area. Across the street is their garages where the county um, fixes their vehicles. I'd sure like to see these uses relocated to somewhere else. This is a phenomenal opportunity for the city. Um, this is a large undeveloped parcel here that uh, is also a great opportunity. It's privately owned. I was actually involved in a project there where something almost went in there years ago, and so those property owners are interested in developing that site. So given what we've got here and what this is surrounded by, um, I propose that we go to the county and entertain the possibility of them moving their courtyard. That is neither a simple nor cheap proposal that we would go into them with. Um, it would be an inconvenience to them, but I think we should open up that conversation. The next area is Halverson Park, and so this is the library here and looks out over Halverson Park. Um, you've also got the Ingomar Club here that looks out over the park. And so working with the Parks and Rec Director, the um, Public Works Director, and the City Manager, we um, sat down and came up with some concepts and had some concepts drawn up for this area. And so here is just a simple concept, and I'll pull up Miles in a moment to talk about this a little bit more. Uh, but looking at a uh, minor league baseball stadium or a baseball stadium here in this area, um, a large indoor sports complex here that could be converted into a convention center. 
You've got little retail buildings um, that could be restaurants. Um, you've got food trucks all around. And so this is um, kind of the direction that we would like to head in for this area. The zoning and land use designations work here. Um, so Miles, you want to talk about this a little? So through a lot of our um, meetings that we had with OSPR, we've had a lot of interest in uh, indoor sports complex facility, um, not only from uh, the roller hockey and bike polo and soccer folks, but also, you know, there's been a lot of interest in, in a convention center, potential for a convention center um, in Eureka that could have a larger capacity than some of the um, facilities that we currently have. And so uh, we worked with a local consultant to um, come up with a design for a sports complex and, and potential possibilities for the property to the east of, um, of Samoa. Um, the intent would be, my pointer? Okay. so the intent would be, um, we've worked with a lot of the, the, the futsal people across over um, on, on the Samoa uh, futsal, the FC Samoa group, and um, they've had a dream of coming up with some sort of indoor facility that that could be utilized for tournaments and and other types of um, outings for and practice for you know outdoor indoor regardless of whatever it is for them to utilize an indoor facility and so these are set up they would be very large buildings they're um, it would it would hold up to three sixty by forty yard um, uh, courts basically that could be used for soccer could also be used for bike polo could also be used for roller hockey and so um, the courts would be an all 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 purpose court surface which would be similar to like a rubberized material and that these two facilities here would be able to host tournaments and also host um, practices um, the gym in the middle wouldn't necessarily be a gym but it would be more so administrative and 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 maybe some locker rooms uh, the intent would be because of the different amounts of groups that are interested in this I think that it would be feasible to go out for some grant funding to to go after a capital improvement project like this and it would work for the city in the sense that we could do programming through that um, through that facility as well and so uh, it's something that's been brought up a bunch of times we figured this would come up as a conceptual design for that and could be utilized to go after grant funding and we've had discussions with FC Samoa with other groups um, about looking into some grant funding to to make this a reality questions so I'm talk about this one specifically I'll just slide to the east don't leave uh, just east of that is another large parcel uh, owned by Security National and Miles and I have both had numerous conversations with Mr. Arkley and several of his staff about this property and they are interested in retaining the land use designation that they have there which is also the same as Old Town um, and they have some concepts there um, so no proposed changes on that one I imagine that's the one you're gonna want to talk about though Marianne? thanks Linda um, um, has anybody, again, uh, this was something I brought up during our visioning that apparently nobody in the council cared about, but I still would like to put it out there, the possibility of a natatorium, like we had the, the people that approached us before you came on board uh, with Swim Possible, 
because Eureka has no public swimming pools. And this is an area where not everybody is athletic to be a soccer player or whatever, but the, the swimming is like your personal best. It's, it's, a, um, it's a great outlet to keep kids out of trouble. And um, maybe instead of being everything to be, you know, a ball game of some sort, maybe we should consider something like that. And maybe those people from Swim Possible could come back. But I like this whole idea, you know, the, the, the development concept. But I still, whether, whether, you know, I could bring it back to looking at down the area by the Warfinger, having a natatorium or having a marine lat, Marine Lab and having the Doc B all developed at the same time. I liked having a vision that's bigger than 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 just you know micro steps. So I'm hoping that we could keep our eyes open or minds open for some other possible um, types of configurations. So one of the original renditions that came out with the consultant did have a pool in there. And, and, you know, we had considered that staff did a lot of research about pools and municipal-operated municipal pools. And especially with our, 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 our current budget situation, they are very difficult and very costly to maintain as far as pools are concerned. You know, if there was a private company that was willing to do, you know, do that, we'd definitely listen, you know, to it. But from a municipal standpoint, it's, they are uh, big deficits. For, for pools and as far as the aquariums are concerned I think a research facility or something like that as I stated in the strategic visioning HSU had looked at um, either relocating or, or creating another marine lab here um, actually on this parcel I believe it was and so the thought of that was there I don't know what happened with that process it, it, it never came to fruition obviously but um, they had looked into that I love this idea, uh, <laughs> and we had talked about it before, <laughs> so <laughs> about how much I wanted to see us have a convention center that had the capacity of, say, the River Lodge, um, you know, that type of center that could attract more conventions and, uh, you know, and all the dollars that they bring. Um, but I also think, you know, given our climate, this is really appropriate for us, and uh, I know Roller Derby is actively seeking to relocate and they uh, you know anyway with all the different organizations I think this could be you know uh, revenue positive um, you know I, I was a little bit confused about where it is in relation to the open space in Halverson Park does this how much of this does, does it occupy I suppose I can sort of tell but <clears throat> Oops. so this uh, this building here is right about there so the library's view of the bay would not be obstructed, nor would the Ingomar Clubs. Most of, you know, all of this area would be retained as open space according to this plan. So the different events that happen there throughout the year could continue to use that space. Correct. Thank you. So I guess I'm not really even looking for consensus on this particular topic unless you, uh, cons by consensus, want to change the land use designation in these areas, which I recommend against. Go ahead, Rich. I like the idea of the sports complex down there, the indoor complexes, but it, the, to propose a, a, a ballpark down there for little kids, big kids, is cold, is windy, windy, it's just a bad idea 
Thank you. Okay. I too love this idea. Thanks for bringing it forward. My confusion is that 255 going through the middle, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah, so so the, the boat launch is underneath here, and there's parking that would be retained. So none of this would change underneath. So the, the actual ballpark is that on the um, Berkeley property? No, the city owns. You can see this notch here. We don't own that notch. Okay. But we own all of this. So this just Berkeley's property is here. Oh. Okay. Security National's property. Yeah. Well, I think something like this is a long time coming for our city and um, for our youth and for, you know, our healthier community. So thanks for bringing it forward. Just one more thing to put into the mix. Um, Humboldt County Schools has just created something larger than River Lodge as a convention uh, rental facility that um, I've been asking the city manager to get us a meeting to go over and tour. But uh, it's going to be open in another week or so. And um, so I don't think that we should um, try to overkill if we now do have an option that's um, just just keeping it in mind because we have to have the bigger picture. I have had a tour of the facility. It's beautiful. It's a, it's a nice facility they've created. So unless there's objections, I'm going to move on to the next one. Okay. We all want to get home at some point, right? Um, balloon Track Marina Way. Thank you, Rob. Uh, the balloon track in Marina Way. Um, I think everybody's relatively familiar with the balloon track property. Uh, it's about 40 acres, and it's separated from the Marina Way property by a waterfront drive, and that Marina Way property is about five or six acres. Um, currently, the, the parcels are pretty much undeveloped. Uh, there's a portion of the Marina Way property that I think there's been some timber storage on, but for the most part, these sites have been undeveloped and undeveloped for a long time. And I think you're probably all aware there was an initiative on the balloon track property that ultimately um, designated kind of a mixed-use development on that property and really hasn't been able to, to get itself to move forward. Uh, when we did the public workshop, we didn't ask about the balloon uh, track property because the city really is not in a position that it can unilaterally change the land use on that because it is, it is subject to an initiative. We did ask about the Marina Way property, and we did hear from folks that uh, you know, they would like to see either park and recreation or open space uses along there. Uh, that was the primary uh, response we heard back. So from uh, the standpoint in our conversations with staff, as I mentioned, um, you know, given the initiative, the city really doesn't have the ability to unilaterally change the land use on the balloon track, but the concept of a large mixed-use commercial development of some type seems to make the most sense. When you, you come to the city, and I, I remember this when we first came to uh, Eureka and we're looking over what was happening in the city, you look at the balloon track and realize that is just a tremendous, tremendous opportunity for the city. There's not a lot of jurisdictions that have something of that nature, a large 40-acre piece of property near its downtown. You could really do something special there. So the idea of some sort of mixed-use commercial development seems to make some sense. It's just figuring out how to actually make it happen. As it relates to Marina Way, um, you know, there's a couple options there. It could support coastal-related development. It could also support more commercial development that maybe is focused on the waterfront uh, way, or waterfront drive, I'm sorry. To a great extent, what happens on the balloon track may actually influence what might be the most appropriate thing for the um, Marina Way property. So with that, um, I guess we're just looking for any input or comments. Um, I, we're not really suggesting a lot of changes there, but just thoughts at this point. Any thoughts? 
always have thoughts. Um, so that was the property that I that uh, Miles was referencing, but but I didn't realize that there had ever been that that the whole idea of a humble marine lab or something like a, a mini um, uh, what's it in Monterey um, Monterey Bay, Bay Aquarium, something really ocean sea related, but. I was looking at the possibility that that area could be jointly um, visioned as being a way for us to be able to somehow finance our Dock B rebuilding, which would be nice. I mean, it's great. Mr. Schneider has given has already agreed that he will let um, the city use his dock for uh, uh, cruise ships when we start getting them in the next couple of years, and uh, which is great. But again, that's 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 a sort of we're piggybacking on somebody that we don't have absolute rights to. So I just think it would be great again as having a bit a vision of something that we look at the possibility of using part of that for staging for cruise ships when they come in, and part of it perhaps as either a natatorium, regardless of whether it's you know the most financially wonderful thing in the world. Um, but as far as the fact that we have no place in Eureka to go except a vector health uh, swimming pool and a couple of lap pools, which are not, you know, for, they're not for swim meets, they're not for our kids, they're not for any of that kind of stuff, that that maybe that either that could go in there along with Doc B, along with the cruise ships, or, um, or something like a marine lab combination with a, with a Monterey Bay Aquarium in there. Um, so I like that idea, and again, the measure the measure N that was passed to um, make it let the let everybody know how the public wanted to see the the balloon track developed. That is smart growth. That is what everybody in the world looks at as smart growth. It's multiple uses, you know, light industrial, commercial, residential, retail, um, and nonprofit. Like uh, the um, the plan was to put the uh, Discovery Museum in there as a, just a, a bonus kind of thing. So I still want to see that happen because I think it's the smartest thing to do and it finishes off Old Town. It brings us right up to the commercial or to the industrial, the more heavy industrial area with uh, uh, Schmidbauer and all that. So it just finishes that off and plus, you know, we would he would continue to do the cleanup, I'm sure, of the saloon, uh, slough there that he was planning to make into sort of almost a park-like area of that. So. This is smart growth. Unfortunately, we had some, you know, people that were hostile to that whole concept, and um, and I would like to see it. Hopefully, we'll move back beyond that. So I think this is, you know, these are very big opportunities, like you say. So thank you. So you're not recommending any major changes in this in this no, lens point. And we're just yeah. checking to see if we're on okay. base, and if we are, we can move on to the next one. Any other questions? Okay, public comment. I need to do that. Bates, Humboldt Fisherman's Marketing Association. I actually just have a question. And on the Marina Way property, about 20 or 25 years ago, uh, that property, which is city property, was designated for, um, there was a company, Wright Chuchert Harbor, that came down and they were going to go and build uh, platform, oil platform modules in, in that particular site. And that project actually went back up to Tacoma. But my question is, as I believe, that that particular piece of property has some kind of 
federal encumbrance on it for for um, for marine uses for something because there was federal money that you, was used to go and develop that site and I hope the city would look into that regardless of anything so that they they didn't get caught in something that was going on that was a project that was in the newspapers for months and months and months and I think that it was actually ended up being kind of a bargaining chip for that company when they came down here to go back and and renegotiate in Tacoma but the the city got federal monies I believe to go ahead and improve that site. And it would be interesting to make sure that the city is clear on what they're allowed to do with that. Thank you. Thank you. Ram? Thanks, Ken. Yes, uh, the one of the parcels in the Marina Way is um, owned by the State Lands Commission, and we um, hold it in trust for them. And we cannot sell it. We can only lease it. But for as long as the proposed project there meets the zoning, there are no other restrictions. State Lands Commission. Okay. Any other comments, questions? Okay. On to the next subject. Okay. We're going to talk about Broadway Corridor a little bit. Obviously, uh, the Broadway sorry. Corridor. I'm sorry. Could, I'm sorry. Could I interject here? I thought you were asking for more public comment. I didn't realize that we that was. That I didn't was see any more public comment. Okay. Well, I did have one question then oh, okay. about yeah, that sorry. last one. <laughs> um, I, uh, question, co comment combined, I suppose, which is why I held it. So do we have the ability to do design review uh, for, that, for that property? For the balloon track? Correct. I mean, that's a pretty enormous complex. I guess I'm, I'm more concerned with it fitting with the character of Old Town um, and indeed being smart growth than you know than the idea of it being developed at all yeah i i agree and i've uh, sat down with mr arkley several times had conversations with him um, encouraged him to come back to the city with a proposal to develop the site um, the balloon track is equidistant between the mall and old town and i'd much rather see the land use patterns of old town shift towards the mall geographically than the land use patterns of the mall shift towards old town um, ultimately, it's his property, and so we can have land use designations, zoning regulations. Um, design review, um, because of the voter initiative and because of its status with the Coastal Commission, it's in this limbo zone that's hard for us to know exactly what to do until the property owner goes forward with his last step to the Coastal Commission. Until that step, it's out of the city's control. Um, but I will strongly work with the property owner to encourage good design at the site. Um, but ultimately, at this point, it's not in our control to do that. Um, we would like to develop design review guidelines, and then maybe perhaps we could find a way for the design review guidelines to apply to specific areas. So I wish I had a stronger answer for you, but at this time, because of the voter initiative, we don't know. So is it possible for design, design review guidelines that we develop to apply to properties over a certain size? Is that a tool in our toolkit? or? Not. Certainly possible with the voter initiative, however, it may not be possible at that site. Okay. All right. Thank you. Anything else? Okay. <laughs> Broadway. Okay. We're ready to move on to Broadway. Um, when we uh, <clears throat> presented Broadway to the community, we actually broke the corridor down into kind of three segments to see if we would get some different input on, on the different segments. And so we, we broke it down, uh, the first segment being the uh, Broadway corridor nor north, 
which is really between about 4th and 14th streets. Um, you know, you could argue where the perfect breaks are, but in, in this particular area, the character really seemed to have more of a heavy commercial with some interspersing of some lighter industrial uses. Uh, and we have a, a, a variety of uses in that area, car dealers, auto mechanics, gas stations, hotels, restaurants. There's a few empty lots along that area. When we uh, asked the community what they thought about that particular a portion of the Broadway corridor, majority of folks thought commercial makes the most sense. Uh, some industrial, and of course, folks would always like to see a little bit of park or open space along some of those areas if at all possible. The second segment that we identified we referred to as the central portion of Broadway, and that's really from about 14th Street south to you get to McCollins Avenue. And the character there is a, is a little bit more uh, commercial, um, not as much industrial, although there is some of that integrated in there. It's also where the uh, slope starts to kind of impede in on the uh, east side of the roadway, so it starts to get narrow on, on the eastern side of the roadway. Um, Fum, I think uh, Fort Humboldt State Park there is along a portion of it. You got the Bayshore Mall. It's all that section along there. And when we talked to the folks about that section, uh, there was also kind of a consistency that, yeah, I think we think the commercial makes sense. Uh, maybe some office, uh, maybe a little bit of industrial, but commercial seemed to be the primary uh, idea. And then the last component of it, the Broadway Corridor South, that's the area from McCollins South to Herrick to the kind of the entry of the city. Um, and that location, again, it's, we have uh, uh, quite a bit of existing commercial development. Uh, there are a couple of cemeteries there along the east side of the road, and then it goes right down to here at kind of the entry into the city. And on that one, the, the, the votes were somewhat divided between kind of open space and commercial. Again, focus on commercial, maybe with some open space, uh, with maybe a little bit of park and recreation. The bottom line is when we got done talking about the Broadway corridor, it became evident that while not everybody's in love with the uses that are out there, that they didn't really feel it was the uses that were so much a problem. I mean, folks go out there and people in Eureka go to those uses to get their services and do other things. Uh, visitors that come through the community stop at those places to get their services and leave tax money in the city. And so really we were coming, what was becoming clear is that it was really the character of the corridor more than the uses that seemed to be the problematic issue. And so based on that, uh, some of the uh, recommendations that we've come up talking with staff and based on the input that we received from the community would be to continue to work with Caltrans and try to make sure that Broadway functions as efficiently as possible for vehicles, but also that we have an opportunity to make it a safe environment for pedestrians and cyclists. That we do develop some sort of citywide design guidelines that specifically address the Broadway corridor and how we can uh, improve the appearance of that corridor. And those could be things like enhancing the streetscape, additional landscaping on site. Uh, you know, there's a whole wide variety of things that we could do. Signage, special signage to designate it as a district with banners, uh, you know, enhanced paving, um, you know, enhanced pedestrian crossings, undergrounding utilities. There's a whole variety of things that you could potentially do to help improve the character and the look of the area. And then also investigating some sort of a facade improvement program where we can actually upgrade some of the building facades. In some cases, some of them are just older and need some upgrading. Some of them could use some maintenance. And so really, all the recommendations focus more on the character and trying to improve the look of the corridor versus changing the land uses. So with that, I'd like to get your input on that. Go ahead, Kim. So I have a question about Broadway. Um, and I get this is land use. So there are several. Um, 
hotels like Chins and there's a Serenity Inn that are, they, they seem to be residential. Mm -hmm. um, and is that, is there, is that in our land use in that area or is there something that, that we can do to shift that? Well, those I think for the most part are permitted uses by most of the zone districts that are along the, the corridor. Um, I think you know if if the idea is that we'd like to see some of those hotels either phased out or improved or converted to another use, that would be something we would want to hear from you guys, and we could certainly work on figuring out how we might be able to do that through the land use. Uh, you know, there always are some limitations. You have an existing business, so you can't just walk out there and say, "Well, we're going to shut you down necessarily," unless there's good reason to do that, health and safety, or some other aspect that we can do that with. Um, especially if it's a currently a permitted use. Now there may be some opportunities to phase that out. Well, but but it seems like that there's a difference between a hotel where you come and you stay for a week and a residential area like Chins or Serenity where you actually are living there. Am I confused? Yes, if I can um, zoom out a little bit for a moment uh, all of the commercial all the districts along Broadway are uh, commercial districts and commercial districts allow for residential uses so there could be apartment complexes that could be single-family residences so there's nothing stopping those hotels from becoming a residence right now they are licensed as hotels and so at least one of their rooms has to um, flip over at a certain ratio and I don't know exactly what the rules are but um, those hotels are either following the rules or we haven't caught them not following the rules yet but there'd be nothing stopping them from changing to an apartment complex if they officially wanted to do that, but they would have to meet a different set of requirements. A hotel is not an apartment. May? Well, kind of a different way of looking at things, I think, but I've noticed that a lot of the, uh, at least on the Bay side, um, the businesses that are there, like Carl's Jr. and the... Um, there's a plastic shop and a tire shop, and um, there's Les Schwab. All of those along there, they've all got, like, fences that stop. They've all got kind of parking sort of in the front or driveways in the front. And then they have parking, and, and that's – but they have – they all have blockages to stop people from being able to go off of 101 and to move along. I'm wondering if there could be any kind of a thought that – uh, almost like a frontage road, not waterfront drive, but a more like a frontage road that would end up behind some of those businesses that could allow people to get off of 101 to do their short, you know, going in to get their tire to get them so that they're, it just seems like there's a lot of, all of those places back up to Parcel 4 or Palco Marsh or whatever, but all that is is, Habitat for homeless at this point, and it's just it's the way that the homeless get out to 101 to create all the problems going crossing the street illegally and that kind of thing. Um, so I don't know if there's anybody's ever even considered that or as, as a thought. My original thought was, well, it'd be great if we could just get the people to stop blocking so that you don't have to go from Carl's Jr. out to the road to 101 and then go back in to go to the Social Security Administration like that that there's, there's some stupid planning that we've got there that has allowed this to develop this way where everybody's got their turf, they're protecting their turf, they've got blockages or fences, usually chain link, something like that, 
and um, then you know there's no reason you know it, it doesn't make it any easier to shop or to go to those places. So if if we're really considering a long range vision, I'd like to see something developed where we looked at some of that stuff so that we could move some of the stop and go traffic off of 101 and have some sort of a like a just a two lane thing behind those you know backing up to Palco Marsh or something it's probably you know Coastal Commission won't let it happen but it you know it's um, you know judging from some of the problems at the south entry where we can't do anything because it's wetland yeah understood but whether you know the feasibility of, of an actual formal roadway I don't know I, I can tell you that through a, a set of design guidelines we could certainly uh, encourage better reciprocal access between the various parcels um, and you know usually we do kind of the in if if this development had occurred kind of currently you usually have some sort of a reciprocal access agreements where people can go from one property to the other uh, not only is it easier for folks to move around and not have to go out to the road it can help minimize the number of curb cuts and driveways onto the road which mm -hmm. is helpful and it actually benefits the businesses too because people can get in and out of their businesses easier and a lot of times you also besides reciprocal access deal with reciprocal parking so for instance if one business is busy during a certain point of the day, you can kind of have some parking that spills over and vice versa during other times of the mm -hmm. day. So that is something we could we could at least take a look at through design guidelines and see if we can encourage that. Since the projects are approved, we can't necessarily go out and force them to create reciprocal access, but we might be able to encourage that. And, and again, there might be some benefits to the businesses. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, that there could be, um, there could be benefits. So I like that concept, reciprocal access. Reciprocal access. Thanks for giving it a word. <laughs> I'd like to see us have citywide design review design guidelines too. I think it would help, yeah, especially along the Broadway corridor. It's it's such a hodgepodge now, yeah. and um, I think that would be a good thing to move towards. And I and I think also I would mention that you know if we uh, identify some concepts in the general plan about design of the corridor and we develop ultimately the city develops design guidelines for that corridor that puts you in a position a much stronger position to go out after some grant funding or other things that might become available to you and there is a, a fair amount of money out there right now for corridor planning and corridor improvements that you could potentially go after um, so it, it would help you in that particular circumstance so with that in mind I mean the my my key interests for the Broadway corridor are improved uh, transportation for all modes uh, and beautification um, which is sounds like what you heard from others as well um, so is this the best place for those recommendations to be in our general plan or is it uh, simply reflected here but going to be in more depth elsewhere it will be in in probably multiple locations I mean the concept itself will be in, intertwined throughout the general plan and particularly the land use element and the circulation element and and so those will be general policies that really anywhere in the city we want to see those type of things occur but we'll probably also have our specific sections of the general plan that talk about some of these opportunity or sub areas and we'll flesh out in a little bit more detail some of those areas that you know we might want to see specific things and, it, and it's interesting that you put uh, transportation and beautification together because a lot of the grants that we're talking about really are more transportation grants and a lot of them are tied to how you can make um, roadways really more complete streets uh, mm -hmm. and and as part of those it also can include the interrelationship the land use it can include 
putting trees and other things in that make the environment more comfortable for the pedestrian. So you can actually do a lot with those monies. Um, and again, I think by recognizing that, integrating into your general plan, maybe setting up a set of design guidelines that show you specifically what you want to do, again, you might be in a much better position to try to get some of that grant money. Great. Great. Any other questions? Or Okay. Thank you. Public comment? <laughs> Any public comment on this? Hi, um, Emily Sincorn from Eureka, um, and I just wanted to say I really appreciated the discussion of the design guidelines for the Broadway corridor. And this is someone as um, whenever I'm on Broadway on like daily, weekly basis, think about all of the potential for future development to be much more um, safe and friendly for people that are getting off the bus and walking to the store or walking from their house um, and having um, frontages that. Uh, storefronts that face the roadway and face the sidewalk instead of always having parking lots in front. I think that can do a lot um, also around per, um, perception of safety on the Broadway corridor um, because of really having much more of a place where um, everyday people maybe want to be a pedestrian. So um, yeah, just really encourage looking at those creative <clears throat> options for the design guidelines. So thank you. Any other comments? Okay. All right, well, I will assume we're heading in the right direction on that one. Um, next is the Jacobs School. I think you're all familiar with it. Uh, it's a former middle school site. It's a little over 18 acres. Uh, currently, the site is mostly unused. There's, there's some open recreation area, and there's the old school buildings. And at this point, uh, there isn't any intent to reopen the school site. Um, when we talked to the community, most of the folks felt that it made sense for that to be park and recreation, uh, that some sort of public use made the most sense. There was a few folks that thought maybe residential or even commercial might be worth looking at that, but again, the majority of the folks were really focused on park and recreation or other uses. Uh, as it turns out, the, the district and the city have actually been talking about that site quite a bit and looking at the possibility of, of pursuing some sort of sports complex or other type of recreational facilities out there. Um, so that, that seems to be the direction that makes the most sense and that we would continue to look at. If there is any interest in a, in a residential or residential or commercial uses out there, we would have to probably take a look at modifying the, the current land use designation. So any thoughts on that one? No thoughts on that one? Mary? It seems to me that we, uh, during our visioning, we were talking about the idea that maybe we could have a turf some sort of uh, field out there, uh, soccer oriented or whatever, so that uh, although we then we got into the into the weeds about whether turf is cancer causing or not cancer causing, so um, but um, again, if we can expand extend our sports, I mean now we're also talking about sports things on the waterfront and how much can we get grant funding to do because we don't have the money to do build these things right now, but um, um, and that is the. Eureka School District, right? I so. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think they're rolling in any money either. So anyway, um, that was one of the things that we talked about then before we got off into cancer. Also to look at that as um, maybe a, um, like Jefferson School, like that kind of a complex. Uh, um, I just had it, now I've lost it. A community center. Mm -hmm type area with 
fields and that type of situation so folks from that neighborhood can gather there and do different things mm -hmm. would the land use change need to be changed for that no not at this point okay and I don't know has there been a lot of how I don't know how far along the conversations have gone about the type of facilities that are being considered um, Greg Miles and I have all spoken with Fred's in the Eureka School District and at this point they're interested in a sports complex at the facility the existing building buildings um, I had a tour of and they're in extraordinarily poor shape um, and s practically impossible to rehabilitate from what I understand so any community center there wouldn't use existing structures um, there are some structures that could be saved but the vast majority are not um, so at this time really it's sports complex is what the property owner is interested in uh, I, I, uh, looking for a direction I'm in favor of the sports complex also versus the uh, residential the property owner Eureka School District is not interested in residential at this time go ahead John so um, the problem with the Jacobs area I was on the Eureka School Board for a number of years is because the uh, buildings need to be torn down and they have asbestos in them so we were looking at depending on who you talk to a cost of six to eight hundred thousand dollars to just remove the present buildings and um, so at one point a couple of years ago we were uh, we approached the City Council to change the land designation to multifamily so that a developer would want to buy the property for more than the cost of the um, deconstruction and um, the City Council dropped that at single-family residences it, it would not um, it would not bring enough from a developer to pay for the construction thank you any other comments Mary is um just taking off of what John just said is asbestos removal is that considered brownfield action is that Superfund anything like that no, if the grounds not contaminated it's not a brownfield Superfund wanted to pay for that unless the grounds is contaminated yeah the, the asbestos is contained in the floors and in uh, some other areas so it's it's not a danger but w until it's broken and then when when you're taking tearing down the buildings of course then it's broken and that's what causes the special uh, costs of uh, abessus removal yeah go ahead I'm intrigued by the interest uh, the slight blip of interest in commercial there um, because I appreciate uh, uh, mixed-use neighborhoods and areas where you can go to the grocery store down the street and uh, you know have some office space down the street um, is the is the uh, landowner interested in in commercial space in any way you'd have sufficient space there to duplicate Henderson Center um, mm -hmm. so um, a commercial district would fit spatially um, I also think that you know neighborhood um, commercial is is good um, in our conversations that's never come up but the development costs of doing a Henderson Center would be pretty phenomenal but you know probably equivalent to an apartment complex so we can bring that to them if they're interested in discussing that I'm just interested to hear more I mean that that does seem like a part of town that has very limited 
commercial areas and if even a portion of the property could be used for that use and if it was economically viable I'd, I'd just be interested to hear more about it uh, I don't know if others are yeah, I think yeah, maybe a sports complex with a uh, little restaurant and store inside um, we can look into that farther it's a great idea yeah, the, the city and the schools committee, the two-on-two -two committee, we've talked about sports. And we talked a little bit about a community center, So, and I don't think anybody's ever approached them about uh, the idea of a little bit of commercial. But I know that the, the neighborhood is fairly reactionary, so you need, to, you need to go out and talk to people and explain to them what you're going to be doing ahead of time. Otherwise, you'll, you'll get a big bang. <laughs> Do we have public comment on this? Hi, thank you again, I'm Marcia Jordan. And yes, we are a very reactionary neighborhood. Um, <laughs> we're very concerned about the property and the impact of the changing of the initial zoning. We, it's currently public use. The initial use change was going to be to multifamily high density. We were very concerned. I came down to the city, to the city and worked with um, one of the planners here to see what the plan was. We were told there was no plan. I was given the name of a um, contractor who was interested in the property. I'm familiar with this contractor and I became very concerned about having more low-income housing in this area because we have a, a very high concentration of low-income housing all around us already. So um, I went to my neighbors and I wrote a letter. I wrote and printed 100 copies and I went on 100 doors and everybody was very, very concerned about what might happen to this. We've had multiple meetings on this. We've come to multiple meetings regarding it. And um, some of the ideas that we've had, one was single family dwellings because that would increase our property values, number one. It would bring new families into our neighborhood, which I think that we really do need. It's true that the school itself, the buildings, I have talked with Terry Clark, who was our asbestos specialist locally here and he has assured me that there's not much that can be saved there and it is quite costly to remove the building and it's unfortunate that the building was allowed to go into this state but it is a fact and that's what we have to live with at this point in time. Um, some of the ideas were a community center. Um, about half of this, a little less than half of this property which is between 14 and 18 acres, I don't know, um, is currently soccer fields and I know that Rotary Club has put a tremendous amount of money into these soccer fields over the last years, about over $200,000, I'm thinking. I have met with the soccer club and spoken with them about it. And our, our feeling in the neighborhood is that we would love to see a community center go in here. We would love to have a facility where we could have a pool. We would love to have a pool. I have spoken with Brian Nunn at Swim Possible and I understand why he kind of gave up on the area by the Adorney Center. He had a pretty grandiose idea. May I continue? Thank you. And I also have spoken with the city of Arcata. They have a community pool and they've been successful with it. And I've spoken with them about their plans and how they do that. And I think that there is an opportunity here for us. We don't have a community pool. I don't even know that CR still has a pool. 
So, and, and there are ways to do it. I think that we have to just go and find out who's doing it successfully and learn from their methods and pull it into our community. Thank you. Any other public comment? Okay. Any other comments from the assembled here? No? Do you have a question? Okay. Does uh, the current uh, land use designation or zoning preclude us from having a pool? No, not to my knowledge. Okay. Thank you. Okay. All right. We're heading in the right direction Next. on that one. Okay. <laughs> uh, last opportunity area I want to talk about is California Redwood. I think this one can be relatively quick. Uh, uh, the property is about 76 acres there, located between the bay and 101. Uh, in the past, it was used by California Redwood uh, as a mill site, and uh, there's still mill buildings out there. There was lumber storage out there. There's also a large uh, office building, I believe, out on the property. Uh, I think it was pretty much a consensus that industrial on that site probably makes the most sense. And in talking with staff in the community, the thought was that this would be a good opportunity to have industrial that no, was not necessarily coastal dependent industrial. So our intent is to continue to look at that property and see if we can designate it as general industrial as part of the update. Comments and questions? Okay. Um, California Redwood, Green Diamond, they have no issues with the designation staying the same as it is? or Not to my knowledge, and I don't know if you've had any further conversation with I'm meeting with them next week, and so I'll ask them. Um, so I can't answer that question. Yeah, because they said that they're still they were still processing um, what how they wanted to deal with that property themselves. Despite so. the fact that I haven't talked to them, I can promise you they don't want CDI. Yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't happen anyway. <laughs> okay. Any other questions? Comments? Public comment. Public. Any public comment on the California Redwood property? Okay. I think that... Those are the opportunity areas. We wanted to take a few minutes and talk about the CDI conversion areas. So I'll turn it over to Harriet to uh, cover that part of it. Good evening, members of the Council and Planning Commission. My name is Harriet Ross with ESA. Since I'm uh, last tonight, I'll try to make this as painless as possible for you all. Let's see. Okay, so um, we prepared an economic trends and conditions analysis last summer and um, to really look at the supply and demand of the CDI land within the city of Eureka. And this analysis essentially concluded that um, it anticipates a demand of up to 17 acres um, for industrial use um, in the city and up to 62 acres um, of industrial use within the county through 2040. And so currently there's about 234 acres of CDI land in the city now and close to 1,400 acres in the county. And so the analysis also um, found that there's approximately 94 acres of underdeveloped or undeveloped and underutilized land, CDI land um, in the city now. So with that, there's essentially over five times the amount of um, CDI land supply than there is an anticipated demand for up to the year 2040. So what this means is that there's essentially um, an oversupply of CDI land and that through our conversations with city, county, and the Coastal Commission staff, everyone is in general agreement of this. 
And so through the general plan update process, um, there's been um, a, a general desire for CDI conversion to other land uses by the city as well as um, individual property owners. And so it's important to note that if we do um, and we are successful in converting the CDI land to say a general industrial use, which is um, a common request, it doesn't preclude future CDI use at all. So what it does do is simply allow other industrial uses to occur on those sites. So um, based on the desire to convert um, land, the general plan update team identified some candidate sites for conversion. Um, some of these parcels were direct requests by landowners and property owners themselves as part of the general plan update process. And so part of this um, process, we developed a set of draft criteria to help us determine which of these parcels would be suitable for conversion. And so some of the criteria we've come up with um, includes things like whether site has direct access to the water, whether it's adequately served by public utilities, um, whether it's close to a major highway corridor as an example. So our intent is to um, get buy-off on these criteria from the Coastal Commission and then we'll we will run an initial analysis to determine which of these parcels are suitable for conversion. So let me go into a little bit of the details here. So this is, um, we've, like I said, we've identified an initial list and so parcel A here is along Marina Way and parcel B is south of that. Um, just west of uh, Waterfront Drive. Parcel C is um, next to the Eureka Forest Products and um, Railroad Avenue. Um, parcel D here is um, south of Del Norte Street Pier. And parcel E and F is along Christie Street south of the Chevron plant. So essentially what we would like to do, or the, the process to get um, this land converted, is really to get this buy-off um, by the Coastal Commission on the criteria itself. Then once the criteria has been established, we'll prepare the initial analysis and run each parcel through the set of criteria to determine the suitability for the conversion. So essentially we'll be identifying um, parcels with the best chance of getting Coastal Commission approval for conversion. So we'll continue to work with Coastal Commission staff. We're optimistic that we will be successful and we'll be able to modify um, the land use plan, the LCP, LUP, as part of the general plan update process. So what I'd like to do at this point is to ask if any of you have any questions on the parcels that we've identified and if there's any additional parcels that you would like us to add to the list. I just wanted to clarify uh, what we're looking for is for these to go from CDI to general industrial. Is that what we're looking for? The or, or to another use. Okay. I don't see any questions. Marion. Let's see. I think uh, when you were talking about that the conversion from CDI to whatever other use does not preclude going back. Well, can you explain that? So I should clarify that. Many of the requests we have for the CDI conversion is to a general industrial use, but not all of it may be appropriate for general industrial use. So if it does get converted to general industrial, then that does not preclude a future CDI use. Is that clear? Okay. Don't see any questions. No questions? Okay. Public comment. 
Okay, well, it looks like everyone wants this to go forward to the next step to and analyze this. Is that what everybody's silence means? Okay. <laughs> Great. Just want to make sure. I have one question. Go ahead. The one property owner on parcel B requested it, but the other parcel owners did not. How did you pick these particular parcels instead of others? Okay, so parcel B was a direct landowner request, and the rest of the parcels um, were identified through the, general, um, through the general plan update team. And so there were different things we looked at, mostly if they were undeveloped properties that hadn't, you know, CDI uses had not come to fruition. Um, maybe it was adjacent to the water, but the water was not deep in that area, so it wouldn't be available for docks. Um, maybe the area is landlocked. So parcel C, go back. There's no access to the water. So, and then um, if you look at parcels E and F, which are the southern parcels, those have existing industrial, commercial, and residential uses, and we didn't think that those necessarily would change. So essentially, we took a first blush at identifying these areas. Okay. I do have a question now. Sure. Go ahead. Questions come from more questions. <laughs> have we um, initiated any kind of process of reaching out to landowners to ask if there is additional interest in this? And if so, how? what has that looked like? So. In, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I, I have spoken with a lot of uh, industrial landowners throughout the area, and a lot of them indicate that maybe they're going to use it for coastal dependent industrial uses. Maybe they'll use it for non coastal dependent industrial uses. They all want to continue to do industrial uses, but the regulation that forces them to have to be doing it with a water dependent use is very restrictive. And so the market changes, and over decades things, you know, fluctuate. And so what most of the landowners that I've been spoke, speaking with is that they want to retain it as industrial, but get rid of the requirement that it has to be coastal dependent industrial, and allow them to get the tenants that they can get, or establishes the businesses that they can establish, given the existing market. So why don't we have more of them on our list? If they all recognize that it's a a good change for their business. Yeah, um, we're looking at others, and so these are the top tier ones, but there's others that I'm looking at as well. And so we've been speaking with the Coastal Commission, and, and uh, you know, to be completely honest with you, I'd like to eliminate CDI completely. It's not going to happen, but I'm put, pushing pretty hard against the Coastal Commission to say that if an oil refinery is the best use, then the property owner will put in an oil refinery and it has to be next to the water for ships to come in. And if they can't get that tenant and there's no oil refineries knocking on the door, we have hundreds of acres of unutilized industrial land. We've looked at other places in the city. We can't put industrial anywhere else. This is our industrial land. Why is it all vacant? It's not all vacant, but we have huge swaths of vacant industrial land. Let the free market establish whether it needs to be coastal dependent or not. So that's my stance right now. These are the top tier sites that were shown to you. But you're hoping to get a more sweeping change. I am. Um, we've had several productive conversations with the Coastal Commission, and they, uh, they'll never probably go quite as extreme as I'd like them to, but I, it looks positive at this point. Okay, so is this the best way to approach? I mean, I guess I'm 
in thinking about our consultants time <laughs> is uh you know is a broader approach a better way to go forward with this or is this good for now i think the approach we've got is the most efficient path forward and we don't have i guess i'm i'm fearing that maybe the the coastal commission will say well these are the properties that you looked at in this process the Coastal Commission has to justify to their board um, or to their commission, Coastal Commission staff has to justify every single parcel that we are requesting for conversion. So we've got to be careful about what we ask for. If we ask for these broad sweeping changes, um, it's, it might be less likely that we'll get an outcome that the city would want. So we're trying to pick these top tier um, parcels. Um, we've established this criteria. We've had initial conversations with the Coastal Commission staff. You know, they like the criteria, they haven't bought off on it. So we're, we're sort of having a logical process and step to go through that clearly demonstrates if they buy off the criteria that these parcels meet that criteria, so. And I, I think I would just add on to this, now that we're all up here, <laughs> you know, barbershop quartet or something. Um, I, I think, you know, when we're looking at these parcels, what we're looking at are, what are the parcels that would most easily convert to another use. There are some of these CDI um, industrial land uses that have dock access that maybe already have CDI uses on them. And it's gonna be really, really hard for us to get the Coastal Commission to change the land use on those. Uh, we have some that maybe are best suited for natural resources and it makes no sense for us to look at changing CDI on those because it doesn't change anything. So we wanna focus on those sites that if we were to convert them, are the most likely ones that could have a different use on it and be successful. And so that's kind of what's been leading us this far. As we continue to develop this criteria, we're gonna be working with the Coastal Commission. We're also working with the county, trying to come up with a criteria that both the city and the county can use with the Coastal Commission. And as that criteria evolves, if we see other opportunities that result from that, we will look at them. Okay, I guess I'm, I'm also concerned that this one landowner who requested this is one of our more uh, vocal and involved landowners. And I, I guess I just want to make sure that we're being fair to others um, who could really benefit from this. Absolutely. This and, and we did we did put out a request to the, to the community um, to ask them if they did want landowner requests. Uh, we did provide opportunities to the workshops. And, and that doesn't prohibit us from not looking at other lands as we go through the process. And Rob, as he mentioned, has already been talking to a lot of the folks out there. So again, we're starting with this short list thinking these are the best chance for us, but if we see more of an opening as we create this criteria, we'll look at more things. As Rob said, in an ideal world, we get rid of CDI. Uh, if that didn't work, in an ideal world, we would loosen up the restrictions on all CDI. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that's gonna require almost a legislative change to do that. So our best opportunity is to say, we got too much of this stuff. Let's focus on the sites that aren't the best CDI sites and see if we can at least get those converted and that gets us started. Okay, thank you. All right. Hey. Oh, are we public comment? Okay. This, I'm gonna change hats just for a second. This is Ken Bates speaking as a landowner. I own property, my wife and I own property at 3415 Christie, which is at the very bottom. We have a commercial building there and um, it's, it's water dependent industrial zone as right now. And we're in favor of this change. Um, my business in the winter, we build boats and fishing gear in there. Um, in, in the building and there's no water access. There's hundreds of yards of mud flats 
And so for us, technically, the other end of the building, we have other two other tenants in there. Technically, they're in violation right now. You know, there's a cabinet shop and a sign shop there. So we're looking forward to the fact that staff has come and included our property in this proposal. Thank you. Thank you. Here I am. So um, my one concern that I have about if everything is being changed, or the, the idea here is to change from CDI to general industrial, is that parcel A, which is, I believe, the one that the city owns that is restricted. Um, we cannot sell it. We can lease it. Um, that if it should turn out that we do end up exploring um, the idea of having, uh, let's say, uh, a water um, or a Humboldt state um, lab kind of situation or anything like that down there, that that would not be precluded by what you're trying to do. Right. We haven't determined the exact um, designation we're proposing to convert it to, that we've been throwing around some ideas. And so your input tonight will help us determine that if we're successful in getting it. Kind of like it to be open um, so that we, we're not locked into now having to do some sort of an industrial thing. Okay. That parcel is our junkyard, right? Right now? It's not the one that's Tidelands, right? Or state I'm getting a nod yes okay junkyard okay. so we could theori theoretically sell it but I, I agree that it'd be nice to like keep those two together for some other kind of use right and it's in close proximity to the balloon track so it kind of depends on what builds out there so it influences the use for this parcel anybody else okay and any other public comment before we wrap up okay okay well Next steps. So, oh, there we go. So, um, our next steps is really to incorporate the direction we receive from all of you tonight to develop a preferred land use plan. Um, after that point, we'll be preparing a detailed fiscal analysis on that um, plan to, to ensure that the cost and revenues balance um, that might result in slight, uh, slight tweaks to the plan, uh, land use plan itself. But um, otherwise, we'll move forward um, in preparing the general plan um, update goals and policies, then the climate action plan um, will, of course, be coming um, to all of you with those uh, draft policies. And then um, we'll start the EIR shortly after that. So those are kind of the immediate next steps within the next few months. And that's it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're adjourned. <laughs>